The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. cooking everybody how's it cooking that's Ooh. what i'm gonna say because i think it's only appropriate uh, <laughs> considering our special guest tonight is chef sheldon simeon well what's up guys yeah yeah it's nice to be actually sitting and not not all right now, let's go <laughs> yeah. i wish it was right there so we could you could cook it and then we could eat it because i know you was on top chef yeah, and I know a lot of the locals, the you know, the the residents here. We're proud of you for that, and um, it's so great to have you here. Oh, yeah, and you're problem. also yeah, and you're also the guy that opened up two restaurants, right, locally, and you also just authored and uh, released a local cookbook, which is super awesome. So such a fan. Yeah, That's man, great, it's... everybody. Yup, Chef Sheldon Simeon, <laughs> the chef extraordinaire, is in the house. Thanks so much for joining us on Mothership. And I know that you are a busy dad as well with four kids with your wife, Janice, right? Yeah, busy, busy. That's that's the part of my life that consumes me the most. Well, I try to let that part of the life consume me. So restaurant life can be so busy, but uh, that's where I want to be. Yeah, just for our listeners out there, before joining us, he was actually um, the shuttle driver dropping off his kids to the various <laughs> places that they needed to be. And we parents, hey, we can relate. So way to go, dad. But you know what? I, I already know that you're super famous because like Brooke said, you're on Top Chef for two seasons, right? And you were also voted oh, fan man. favorite for twice. That is so huge, man. They love you. And you got tens of thousands of followers on social media, um, but for they also, white people. You know? <laughs> That's all I was trying to do. Hey, but for those that aren't familiar, though, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, Chef Sheldon Simeon, uh, living here on Maui, uh, in beautiful Wailuku. I have a restaurant called Tin Roof, along with my wife Janice, and a recent of cookbook. Cook real Hawaii. Yeah, just out in stores. Right on. And you know what, Tin Roof, you guys are uh, serving up some really delicious foods. And you're also able to incorporate, you know, some of your upbringing, uh, some Filipino flavors. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. Well, you know, I took over a old Okazuya spot that the community for Puka 20 years. And, you know, I wanted to continue that. I wanted to have a spot that was kind of like your, your modern day mom and pop. Still continue with that same, same vibes. And uh, we created Tin Roof. And it's all your local favorites. You know, we get mochiko chicken and we get chopstick and like pork belly Filipino style with tomato onions. Uh, but uh, just super comforting food sometimes stuff that I want to eat if I was to move away and then come back home, the things that I would recognize as local, local 
food. Yeah. I saw that you had um, chocolate cake with bingo. Cake, you know? How did you like, you know, get into yeah. cooking? So, well, well, the love for cooking came from my parents, of course. And, you know, I was surrounded by a family of cooks. All my uncles could cook, and aunties, and my house was always the gathering spot. So every single birthday, whether it was grandma's birthday or cousins or aunties, whatever, they would come to our house and uh, we'd celebrate holidays there, New Year's. If we have a graduation party or baby party that we're cooking for, we're cooking at my, my house. So that was my life growing up. And we had a get together. I'm in my garage uh, right now. You know, I built uh, a small little studio in my garage where I've been doing these videos uh, to promote the book. And, uh, you know, people started to figure it out that when I do these videos that there's always food and usually some drink around. So people start <laughs> showing up. Uh, all the time but I love it I love that we can gather again because that was so much a part of my life growing up you know always having auntie or cousins around it, it could be on Tuesday night out of the blue auntie would make stew she coming over and then we get one party and that's just was the natural thing for me and you know I just want to continue that and hopefully get those with my kids too do you think that um uh, the pandemic had how did it affect you or did it not or what do you think yeah you know the pandemic was you know it was this last year and a half is not going to lie it's the, it's the hardest I've ever had to work uh, you know in the beginning me and the wife me and my wife had to just like be ready and be thankful that we can have our doors open every day we didn't know what was going to happen and uh, you know we had to lay off our staff and it was just me and her and, and two other guys for a long time where we we did it but our community kept us open and you know eventually got things opened up and uh you know now we're now we're blessed now we're we're busy and we have a full staff and we're being prosperous in this year and and i, I know i know that uh saying that that how lucky i am because i have friends and colleagues that the story wasn't the same for them. So I know how lucky and I'm, I'm very thankful for that, that situation that happened. So your cookbook, Cook Real Hawaii, it's, um, what, what was the inspiration behind even coming out with that? Cause I mean, front and center, you putting the word Hawaii on it already and oh, man, yeah. looking through it, it looks so good, but what is, what, what's your hope? What's your, um, you know, what's the purpose behind the whole cookbook? Yeah. You know, to tell you the truth, I, I never thought that I would ever have a cookbook or, or a book in general. And I wasn't the most studious guy coming up with this school. Uh, like, I wasn't a bad student, but I would apply myself only enough to get by <laughs> at the very least. You know, when it, ne when it needed to count, that's what I would do. So, you know, my wife always encouraged me throughout the years of uh, of trying to make a cookbook and as I traveled around the country because my opportunity of being on television and started to, to talk story with a lot of folks that there was a narrow, only a sliver of what people understood what Hawaii cuisine was about. And, uh, you know, it became a, a consistent thing. And I was like, man, we got to really tell the story of what 
we really eat here in Hawaii, you know, media, a lot of, a lot of times just still yet Elvis Presley singing in Waikiki and Mai Tais and Hula Girls and, you know, those, those flavors and that idea of very tropical when it is, we have so many more layers that is influenced in, in what we eat. So I had an amazing opportunity, Clarkson and Potter gave us a amazing opportunity and alongside with co-author Garrett Snyder, we set out to tell a story, you know. Do you also want to encourage people to explore that side of them, you know, that they never thought that they could do it? I mean, the way that you approach cooking is just like, like you're a master already, I feel like. I mean, I mean, you probably, I mean, you probably, I don't know if you think that there's more to learn about cooking um, but I feel like you're, you're kind of like up there already, you know, <laughs> your level of skill and you already opened like two restaurants and you're like top chef, like national stage. So like, what, what is your, like what, cooking to you? What is it? Is it a love? And then how do you hope to encourage others to kind of approach that same feeling, approach cooking that same way that you see it? Yeah. No, my, there's nothing more that I love. Than, than cooking and and cooking for others you know it's the one thing that it is natural <laughs> whenever I cooking uh, I sometimes I take it for granted I was like I don't know just put this much inside and cook like this and growing up and you would ask mom or dad or auntie is like how you make this oh I don't know you just taste and and, and put this inside and you're like shoot that's that's boss level right I was like knowing that the intuition of what, how to create a dish. And I feel fortunate I'm, I'm at that stage and you have those instincts of, of cooking, but I just love still your discovering this book, this journey was like a whole journey of discovering so many things that a deep dive into the, like the food uh, pathways of how that dish to be. And it was so cool to pick apart all of these dishes that we take for granted that we grind every day and really follow it to its roots. And uh, I'm still discovering new things. And I learned every day and I, I love learning. Still, my favorite thing to talk with my dad. In fact, that's the only thing that usually we talk about is just food. He sent me poo-poos of what he was watching the, the basketball game earlier today. He's like, look, I'm, I made poo-poos and he sends me a plate of his poo-poo plates. It's, it's hilarious. Did you, Chef Sheldon, did you find it challenging? Because it's, it's one thing to be boss level and just go, oh, you put this much, just taste yeah. them. And then to mechanically put it into a recipe and like an actual structured like cookbook, was that mm -hmm. challenging for you? Because it's very different, right? To go break yeah. it down and say, hey, put this much exactly for someone who doesn't know, you know, local cuisine or just yeah. locals who don't know how to cook, right? No, for sure. It was definitely <laughs> not a natural thing for me. You know, luckily for me, I've been an executive chef for uh, a few years. So that is a part of the process. Uh, but, you know, in the beginning, it was just like cooking all together. But I felt that that part was really important. I really wanted to nail down these recipes to take people so that it would be foolproof and just have the trust in in the recipes and in the stories. I try to be as transparent as I can, you know, like showcasing why the dish is like this through the story that that prefixes everything and uh yeah we, we 
we didn't want to set anybody astray. Uh, we really went into depth of, of making sure all those recipes work. And, and when the title of the book, when I was approached, I, I didn't come up with the title of the book. You know, it, it was like the team is like, cook real Hawaii. I was like, cool, that's kind of not so claim, put real in the title. You know, I don't want to be that guy, but the realness after I thought about it was that transparency, that vulnerability of like, Mm-hmm. this is I want to share my knowledge this is this is what I've experienced uh, throughout my life and I'm, I'm putting it all into this book can you share with us some of the uh, recipes in there yeah. and is it pretty much is it pretty easy like you know I mean I don't really yeah. cook. I'm not top chef but um yeah. could somebody <laughs> like me do it yeah of course there's so many items and a lot of the the recipes have uh things that you already your pantry and i'll share with you this the number one reposted recipe from the book can sardines fufu and it's crazy i've had guys from south america i've had guys from the philippines from all over the world tell that this recipe resonated with them you know can of sardines topped off with chili pepper water and then some sliced onions and you know there's there's things like that when on the surface you look it's such a simple dish but it's crazy how much it resonates with so many different people that's the stuff that they grew up eating it's like oh my god that's what i ate when i came home from school after i went surf and and i made the recipe so that it's a little bit elevated from that and uh that's a lot of the recipes are just like straight up of what we grew up making and how like the pork and peas recipes is how my family has been making it for years and years and then there also is like chefy uh, recipes too. Like I, I did a coconut prawns dish that is it's more honey, walnut, shrimp, and this special rice tempura batter and all that. But again, we take you to the steps where you shouldn't feel intimidated because on the surface, it looks crazy, but you just got to know, you know, that's, that's what my dad said. It's like uh, when when you pay an electrician for for his time, even if it mm-hmm. takes some um, one minute to do them, it's the years mm-hmm. of of a process that took him to learn that 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 was the problem. And also, that's how we try to break things down. That's good. I love that. So, chef, is is there a recipe in the book that the American connect more mm-hmm. with that specific recipe? Yeah, I think one of those recipes is the our pork adobo dish in there. And, you know, it's a story of how family members, you know, they go, oh, man, I wish I had learned how to make this recipe before Auntie went passed away. Or, you know, I never, oh, remember how grandpa used to make this, but nobody would learn this recipe. And also this adobo recipe was... Uh, like my dad's adobo was awesome. But for some reason, the way that he would cook them compared to what you would describe what my grandmother would cook was always different. It's like, I kind of make them like how grandma used to make them. You know, my grandma's still alive, but she, she at, at that old age, you know, she forgot things. So nobody really found that out of how she used to make it. But he always could practically romanticize about it. It's like, oh, grandma, the way grandma make them. And he'd always describe it as like, how you do it? He said, I don't know. I just don't know how to do it. 
Then I had this opportunity to go to the Philippines with Chef Ed Kenny and go back to the province close to where my grandmother was from and cook with a chef from there. And as he was going through the process, these things that my dad would describe, like the glaze of the adobo and like the peppercorn and the smell of it, it was like hitting me and all these things. And I was like, that's the recipe that he was describing right there. And then when I cooked that back home for my dad, he was like, oh my God, that's, that's the style of how grandma used to make it. So that recipe came full circle all the way around. And I know how lucky I am to have that because again, there's so many times where recipes just go and pass on. Yeah, especially the ethnic ones, right? Like, you know, from whatever culture, you're Hawaiian, Japanese, Chinese, Filipino, right? You, that's something that's passed down as well as history, oral history. Mm -hmm. But it's as much of uh, an impact to where, how we kind of connect to our ancestors, right? So yeah. that's awesome that you're doing this, you know, for your, for your family and, and to honor kind of Mm -hmm. your gram your your great ancestors and your father of course and then you're passing on to your kids what no do they i know i know how much of an honor it is to have it like this like this is forever right it's in print yes. it's like it's it's like it's it's ingrained into these pages and that knowing that we can continue on these recipes it's it's amazing that we have that oh uh, my our, kids um, Oh yeah, go ahead with your kids. But I was going to tell our um the, uh, listeners out there. He just showed the cookbook. Oh, it's pretty thick. I did, you know, yeah. I, I couldn't really tell from like the front, <laughs> like because I only saw a picture of it. But like, yeah, there's like a lot of pages in there. Good stuff. Yeah, you know there's a hundred, there's a hundred plus recipes in here. Oh. You know, from from get uh, we have like sections called like fry action. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> heavy poo poos. <laughs> sim sima for things like beef stew and then we have desserts and we have we even have some drinks in there and uh we really tried to try to run the full gamut of of what hawaii is it's so and hawaii's food is so layered and it's like not even this captured it all you know this is just a small little bits and pieces of it i tried to do hawaii justice and and choose the recipes that uh, inspired me along my way so your uh, kids, are they inspired to learn the same trade and follow in your footsteps? Yeah, I, I always said that, oh man, I know how much I sacrificed uh, along the, the years of being a chef and I never want my kids to be in this in this industry. And here at my, my daughter is working summer, she's 14 years old and she's at the restaurant for five days a week. She's in the mix of it all and my kids, their palates are crazy. Whenever I'm cooking, they'll come and they'll taste. And if my food no more tastes, they're grabbing salt. They're not scared. They're going to put salt on top of my food or wherever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they, they love food. You know, teach them at a young age, just like how we was to respect food. And, you know, we use it as a, both the celebration and discipline. It's like, go clean your room or you're not going to be able to eat dinner. That's how it's always was. <laughs> So, you know, your time on Top Chef, would you say that um, that's got to be a life-changing moment for you? Would you say that professionally it helped you become a better chef? 
Oh yeah, Top Chef was, yeah, one of my biggest uh, influences in my career. You know, like at first I was intimidated. I was like always put myself in the shadows, like well, comparing myself to these guys. Just a local boy that started as a dishwasher and then you know through hard work came up and became a chef compared to these guys cooking in Paris and New York and all of that. But uh, I, I fared well against these guys and, you know, actually succeeded and they gave me a boost of confidence to be able to do that. And, you know, it taught me a lesson that I can be proud of where I'm from and be proud of who I am. Talk the same, dress the same the way that I know I have to mold to something else and still be celebrated for for who we are so yeah that journey of top chef uh, i'll be forever thankful for that opportunity yeah fan favorite voted fan favorite two times man wow how are you going to i don't know i don't know what they still watching different <laughs> episodes different episodes from what i was watching <laughs> but, but you know looking around though right i mean there's so much more awareness um you know about hawaii food um and it seems almost that now chefs from around the world are trying to copy or trying to bring a little bit about of Hawaii's flavors, you know, in their restaurants around the world. Um, what do you what do you make of that? And you know, I mean, do you see that as a good thing or, or, or a bad thing? Because sometimes they can try to put their own twist yeah. on it. You know what I'm saying? So, what, what what's your take on that? Yeah, you know, as we as we have these opportunities, uh, like zoom calls or youtube and all you know publications you know we get to tell our story more and more and people get to see what hawaii cuisine about is about and they get inspired by it and uh it's cool that you start to see all these flavors being inspired in, in different parts of our world and uh yeah some people are going to take it the wrong way they're going to taste something maybe one time and they, they get so inspired by it but they don't know like the true uh, flavor of it but at least they've been inspired by it. And hopefully, you know, with things like the cookbook and more episodes of us talking about Hawaii and that they really get a sense and be educated of, of what our food really is. I think it's, Hawaii is a great example for the food across the world, though. It's where all these cultures that came together and blended seamlessly. It wasn't for creativity. It wasn't be for to flex on everybody to make fancy kind of food it was just like that's how the community came together and that's how we ended up eating just so when food can come together seamlessly like that and naturally like that that's when it's most delicious to me and uh, you cannot no matter how creative you are you cannot cannot replicate that when it's years and years of just coming together well, there's no doubt that you paid your dues, you know, I mean, starting from dishwasher and, you know, um, I read in your bio that you worked at Walt Disney World and then you yeah. know, you had training and then top chef. So you had so much experience. And um, I know you touched on this a little bit when you were sharing about your kids and um, you wouldn't want them to take this path, you know, because mm -hmm. it is kind of brutal. But I wanted to get an inside, um, you know, look into that industry because, you know, from what I've read, it's super brutal and very competitive and it's hard to break through um and even starting your own restaurant and then like maintaining the operations is a whole nother side of it but like in this day and age has it gotten easier uh now yeah. that the, the the playing field it seems like it's becoming a little bit more accept 
expected of like even women to like come in you know and yeah or is it still still kind of like very grueling where you have to be very tough uh in in the workplace yeah. you know yeah no this is it's always been one of those industries where it's like rough and tough and you know it went through this period of time is that that's the only way that you're going to be able to move up the the ladder is if you put in those hours and if you work your ass off and and unfortunately it was that uh you know it did uh did bad to our industry well for mental health mm-hmm. and and all of that stuff was as as real because we put so much effort into into this industry but i think there's a lot of self awareness now and that a lot of support where we need a, a life balance of things of that's not that's not what we celebrate for before is like you would celebrate oh you, i work 100 hours a week and you'd be like yeah or you you would feel bad as a chef is like oh man i'm leaving the restaurant to go home to my family but you felt bad about that uh, because you just want to put your full effort into the into the restaurant but times are changing we understand that if we want to continue on and and uh have this life that we can enjoy with our families that that we got to prioritize things and uh there's so many different uh avenues that that you can be successful now and on it's not only cooking not only chefing you can do videos get tiktokers making millions of dollars putting together pasta <laughs> on top yeah. on on tv so there's many different ways to to monetize this and a lot more healthier ways uh i still I still scrub floors and and uh, and dishes every day that still it's something I I got to do even after all these years but uh if you're going to get into this industry uh do your research understand that it does it in order to be successful you got to be all in but uh uh it, the rewards from it is is amazing because you get to touch people on a personal level I think food is one of those most personal things other than intercourse right where you actually like something digesting into somebody else so uh, i feel it at that point where it's that raw and uh, i know that uh, i should be grateful every day that i have this as my profession uh, i just you know i actually want to ask you you know on that note like what what was it really super suspenseful and stressful for you like when the judges are tasting your your food you know and then like are you like how do you like what's in your head like are you just trying to block it out or are you like like swearing at yourself in your head or are you are you like zooming yeah. in on every single like every single like facial expression like are you studying yeah. them or like oh man stephen you say bring up some ptsds right now making me i feel like i'm in back <laughs> of the, you say asking me this kind of questions in front <laughs> like i'm i am in front of the judges no it's <laughs> you know yeah at the moment it was like super stressful of course you like put your full effort and you want to represent for for everybody back home and and for yourself so yeah standing in front of those judges you know already there's nothing that they can tell you that you don't know like you know where you in mess up you like <laughs> okay here it comes just give you okay bad mom okay shoot so what okay <laughs> but uh i look back at it as it my uncle always used to say what well, you never mock it yeah like like <laughs> you 
you never die. You know, as, <laughs> as crazy and stressful as the situation is, it's when mm -hmm. you can put yourself through something like that and, and know that you come come out of it, all right? You learn so many things about yourself that uh, that you didn't know before. I can't watch Top Chef anymore. It gave me too much anxiety. <laughs> to Chef, it, a couple of my friends, I was mentioning, like, oh, we're going to talk to Chef John. They're like, oh, my God, the huge fans, Jess and Greg. <laughs> they're like, ask him who... He you is there any are there any contestants or top chefs that you still keep in touch with and anyone oh, any yeah. restaurants that you will you know take your family to if you had a chance yeah you know i let's still keep in touch we have a a top chef thread on whatsapp that we all keep the, we all talk to each other every day you know i'm have i've been having these instagram lives and inviting all my top chef friends doing things i just had one with richard blaze and and Chef Brooke uh, Williamson. I was just talking to John Tizar this morning. So this industry is amazing. Uh, that like how actually how small and tight it is. It's uh, we have a mutual respect for everybody. We all understand that how difficult this industry is, and yeah, we get each other's vibes when uh, we, just because we know how tough it is, and uh, we get along when we're around people that uh, that you vibe with. Yeah. That's super cool. It's it's like a mastermind and a support system, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I I love that. When we have a question, we just shoot it out there, and then uh, we have all these answers. It's nice to have that. That's so cool. What's your favorite, chef? What's your favorite thing to cook? Just with you and your family, in your house. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed by the stuff that I I, I want to eat uh, when I when I'm off of work. It's okay. It's, I like to hear. Yeah, it. no, it's things. It's things like steak and rice with raw onion and and uh, stuff, and Hawaiian salt. That's, <laughs> uh, That's very the real part, simple. Though. Yeah. That's very real. Simple, very simple things like that. We do love uh, la uya, which is like a big, almost like off anything like oxtail soup stuff. We mm. love that things oh, that like, yeah. like beef shank or or pork ribs that is cooked down, uh, real long flavored with ginger and patisse and then potatoes and and cabbage and just something about that like it's like a bowl of hugs i tell you you know like uh -huh. you wake up in the morning sunday mornings is usually when we would be eating that and then with just like rice and then you wake up you eat that take a nap wake up again it's still on the stove and you eat again and take a nap and yeah. that's how that's so the and then that we like. i love and then where you live and what time is breakfast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I send oh, you the man. I send you the, the address so you come I wish by. You was on a I was like, that's gonna be your next the next <laughs> book title, Bowl of Hugs. Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Aloha. Oh, <laughs> like, there you go. Perfect. That's it. I can taste it. I can taste it. Chef, what is your favorite drink that you have in the in the book? Uh it's Paloma. So my favorite drink, hands down, is Paloma, which is like a grapefruit uh, margarita, but they throw Nihimoi inside. And uh yeah, it's made with <sighs> Made with squirt, yes, yeah, squirt, lime juice, lihimoy, and tequila, all day. Patio mm. pounders, patio oh. pounders, you call that. You just sit down on the patio and you drink yes. that all day. By the yes. pitcher, by the pitcher. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Palomas. Can you bottle that and send it to Oahu first? Yeah. <laughs> just send it to Hawaii News now. Mothership. Yeah, okay. Mothership. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. A batch, okay. batch coming We're your way. 
Yeah, for go. our listeners now, okay, so yeah, there's a lot of like colorful pictures and whatnot. You guys are going to be really inspired to, you know, cook a lot of this stuff. And already, just as you heard, I mean, this is like mouthwatering stuff. I mean, that drink with the lihi moi, I mean, I'm there. Yeah. But when people do make this, chef, like, are there any hashtags and stuff that they should put, you know, when they want to post pictures of their, what they did? And do you critique yeah. or do you like ever look at some pictures and like... Like, no, 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 no. Not like that. Not like I thought. I, you know, I, you know, chef-minded. Like, I cannot go into a restaurant anywhere. It's like, like RoboCop, right? It's already. I'm calculating everything, but I'm just so impressed by everyone who has like picked up a book and just to celebrate cooking. I think where there's no time that then now that everyone's starting to cook again, which is exactly what we need in this world. Like people sitting down together, cooking for one another and enjoying that. And for guys to to cook from the book, take a photo of it and be stoked about it. Man, that just, it's such a blessing. Uh, like it, every day that I open up my Instagram and I see that it, it makes my heart so happy. So hashtag eat real Hawaii or cook cook real Hawaii, yeah. right? Cook real Hawaii and then tag me at Chef Wonder. Uh, I'm on, on all platforms. So. Okay, so what's what's new or what's next for you now? Now that you did your cookbook and you're busy with the rest, <laughs> yeah. anything happening? Like, is do you have any more plans in the works yeah. or something else? Yeah, well, Tin Roof is going off right now, so we're gonna be doing that, and we'll be expanding Tin Roof a little bit more. It's always a dream to be able to come to Oahu and the neighbor islands and, and showcase things. Uh, as things start to open up, I have Hawaii food. I'm down there for the Hawaii Food and Wine Festival in Oahu. So come out and see me for that. And I don't know. Uh, we see where things take us. And I, I, I just can't believe the response to this cookbook. And it's been awesome. And it's starting to open up many more doors for us. So there's some exciting things. And definitely on the horizon right on right on okay so as always we like to end our podcast with an inspirational quote and we're hoping that you have one to share with us yeah listeners. yeah inspirational quote uh, in everything in life always and in cooking always put extra aloha and patis <laughs> <laughs> I know what you that's mean. The, Boom. That's how. That, that's the fish sauce, yeah? Yeah. yeah that is. Oh, man. That makes everything. That makes everything. Ooh, well, okay. You, you heard it from Chef uh, Sheldon Simeon. Put extra aloha and patisse. Patisse. And make sure you <laughs> cook real Hawaii. Thanks so much, Chef, for joining us tonight. Learned a lot from you. And I'm inspired now. I'm inspired to try it out. Yeah. Go out and get the book and... Uh try them out there's so many fun recipes in there and i wouldn't send you guys astray on these recipes go out and check them out just you can find it on amazon or yeah amazon uh what is amazing right now if you guys for everyone that's tuning in if every single book that is bought from the restaurant tinroofmaui.com 100 of the proceeds goes to the maui food bank mm. and uh we've sold thousands of books already so uh, all of it going straight back into our community. Yeah. That is so awesome. You know, I wanted just to say thank you for your time. It's super awesome to talk story with you. And 
you're such a great example of what it means to just stay local, stay rooted, stay humble, <laughs> yeah. but then still spread your wings, right? And inspire others, right? So it's just, it's a blessing to be able to just spend this time with you and get to meet you. And um, such fans will be watching you horizon it's so excited keep representing the way you are right on well mahalo brooke thank you so much yeah sheldon man i love how you hold it down you keep keeping it roots grassroots and keeping it to your culture like local but i like i like the filipino twist on it too because i'm pinai too so <laughs> so but you know how can we follow you on instagram give us your yeah Follow at Chef Wonder. Uh, also follow at Tin Roof Maui uh, at the restaurant. We're doing so much cool things. Like I do Instagram lives on there. Uh, about to start this this blog, hopefully on YouTube, and uh, just day in the life of of cooking things and just sharing Hawaii with everybody. Yep. You know what? Thanks so much for being uh, pretty much a resource at our fingertips because. Last night, I learned kind of some tips on how to cut sashimi because I, I watched you on your use the back end, right? The sharp. That's it. Knife. Just, That's right. sharp I just got to get that motion down. You know, you just got to try and be cool and be smooth. But it's yeah. 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 Make it look it's, so easy. It's all repetition. It's all repetition. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. But thank you so much. And we like to hang out in the garage too. We have our own garage. So perhaps one of these days, we'll probably grab your cookbook and then we'll probably do that lihi moi drink and then maybe even do the sardines Perfect. one. I'm, I'm all for that one. Yeah. Yes, do it. I'd love to see it. <laughs> all right. That's going to do for us on Mothership. Thanks so much, Chef Sheldon yeah. Simeon, for joining us. Take care, everybody. Mahalo. And peace out. Thanks, Chef. Thank you. Take care. Thank you guys. Aloha. Yes, we're gonna break up.